Hey everyone, welcome to today's podcast where we're talking about the hardest part of losing weight is also the most important part, right? And the hardest part is staying patient, right? Because we're so conditioned to want instant results. We've seen so many diet ads that promise us instant results. And if you really look back at your own weight loss experience, what you'll probably notice is the thing that kind of knocks you off track ultimately is you get impatient, right? You're putting the work and you're doing the right things and you're not getting the results that you want in the time frame that you think you should get them. So how do you become more patient when it comes to losing weight? Um, there's a couple strategies I have for you, but the first thing we need to understand is just how important it is, okay? So that you really, really value uh, patience when it comes to this process because the more impatient you are, the more difficult it's going to be. And so it is a fundamental part of the process that you need to focus on and develop. Even if it's difficult for you, um, it's foundational. And without having it, again, you're just working against yourself. So the first thing I want to understand to really become more patient with it is to reframe the process. And the way we do this is we stop focusing on losing weight and getting to our goal weight as being the whole goal. And we start realizing that getting to our goal weight is just the starting point, right? Getting to our goal weight is not the finish line because you don't want to just lose the weight and then put it all back on again, right? You never say this out loud, but of course you don't want to put the weight back on. You want to keep it off forever. And so you need to be very specific and clear that the real goal here is to get to your goal weight. And then the real goal is to live at your goal weight for the rest of your life on near autopilot. And that distinction is just so important because all of a sudden, once we realize, you know what, I want to live at my goal weight for the rest of my life till my last breath on earth, I want to be thin and healthy and happy with myself. And so all of a sudden what we've done is we've taken something that we were thinking about in a short term time frame, and now we're thinking about it forever. And so now it makes it easier to say, okay, what is the rush? You know, there is no rush because this isn't about just getting to the goal weight. That's really just the beginning point. And so once we set ourselves up for long-term success here, right? And again, so we compare it to like brushing your teeth, right? There's no rush to brush your teeth. There's no impatience with that because you know you're just going to do it forever, okay? And so your weight and your health should be the same thing because of course you want to be as healthy and at your ideal weight your entire life. So that starts by reframing it. The next part of the patience piece becomes what we focus on. And what a lot of people with weight loss are focusing on, especially dieters, is they're fixated on the scale. They're fixated on looking at the scale and it going down as their main um, data point to validate what they're doing. It's their main data point to say, am I winning or am I losing? And what I would suggest for you to kind of change that up to skip the, you, you, don't, you need to be patient with weight because it takes a period of time, right? You start doing the right things now, and then it takes a couple days, a couple weeks, a couple months to get the results you're looking for. And so that time frame, because it's longer, makes us impatient. It kind of sets us up for that. So the way we get around that is we start focusing on the behaviors that are gonna to lead to the weight loss. So in the business world, they'll call this leading and lagging indicators. How you eat, how you're living are the leading indicators. If you start eating healthier food, if you start reducing your calorie consumption, if you start sleeping better, if you start improving your lifestyle habits, now it is going to turn into a lagging indicator, which is your weight of what you want, right? So you eat better, you eat you know, less calories, you, you live healthier, it turns into the weight loss you want in the future leading, lagging. And so most dieters are fixated on the lagging indicator of the weight. And that sets you up to be very impatient because again, there's that time frame piece. But if you start fixating on your behavior day to day, how did I eat today? 
How did I behave today? Oh, look at me, I drank my water, I had my salad, I made really healthy food choices. If we start orienting ourselves to the behaviors, we get instant gratification because you can know in your heart, in your gut, that if you keep doing these things, if you keep living this way, absolutely your weight is going to follow. Okay, and so this is the mind shift and, and it takes a little bit of effort. You gotta retrain your brain to think about it this way and to focus on this way. But when you do, again, we start to feel more patient because now we start to have a sense of faith. I did all the right things today. I did all the right things this week. And not all the right things, most of the right things I should say, because we're never perfect. But I did most of the right things today. I got a lot better. I did a lot better this week than I have in the last weeks. I did a lot better this month than I did last month. And then the weights start the weight loss starts rolling in, okay? But we get off the patience thing, you know, again, this makes it easier to feel patience because again, we're focusing on a different thing that has a shorter time frame. You know how you ate today. You know what you did today, you see? So it's a shorter time frame. So naturally the patience piece isn't as important as opposed to the weight loss, which has a longer time frame. So I hope this helps you out. Cause again, when we start shifting on this, you start focusing on the actual behaviors day to day that lead to the weight loss results you want it feels completely different. And I think you're gonna find that it feels a lot better and ultimately leads to much better results. So I hope this helps you out. Um, if anyone has any questions, feel free to ask them. Um, let's see here, let's go through this, make sure I got any that came in. Matthias, if I'm saying that right, thank you for the likes. Appreciate the likes, everyone. You know, that helps me out. Um, more people get to hear the more likes I get. So feel free to click that button. Plus it is a way to actually burn some calories while you're listening. If you're, if you're sitting here watching, just tap on that screen, watch some little hearts go up. It, it feels good. Um, Heartwire says, what are your thoughts on girls starving themselves and living off low calories? Uh, you probably know what I'm going to say. <laughs> I, I don't, you know, I, I think it's, it's not good for a bunch of reasons. Um, the first one being that it's really unhealthy physically, right? When we starve ourselves, um, try and consume off really low calories. It's just a, it's a, it's not good for your health, right? Your your body's not an optimal level when you're not nourishing it, right? So right off the bat, health wise, physically, it's it's not good. Um, but then there's the big thing that I'm always fixated on is is the mental and emotional consequence of it, and the mental emotional consequence is almost worse to me. And what that is, um, thanks Sandra, I appreciate you saying that. Um, the, the emotional, the mental and emotional consequence is what I'm always focusing on, whether it's someone who's overweight or whether I'm discussing, you know, people with, with eating disorder type issues um, where they're trying to restrict so much because it's, it's just, it's a tortured, in my, my opinion, my experience, what I've seen, it's a tortured way to live mentally and emotionally. And I suggest you all start to think about it this way because the physical effects of being overweight, you habituate to. And so you're not experiencing them. You've created a tolerance for the, the extra weight you're carrying around, for the feeling tired, for the feeling sore, for the lack of flexibility, for the difficulty in moving around and your lack of mobility. You, you've gotten used to it. And so the physical effects of the weight, um, you don't really experience clearly anymore. So I think it's important to start focusing on the mental and emotional effects of being overweight um, and of getting to your goal weight. And again, if this person says, if you're, um, we're talking the alternate scale for this question is that, um, you know, younger girls that are, that are starving themselves, you know, it, it, it's a tortured way of being because you're thinking that I'm my, my worth, who I am as a person is defined by my weight. And 
that's bad enough, but but then it gets worse because then there's this this constant extreme to get to this super low weight. Why? You know, again, I like to think that if if you're gonna, you know, if, if you're a young girl who wants to be really really low weight because you think that that's better. What are you attracting into your life with that? What people are you bringing into your life with that attitude? You know, again, what we do and what we think and how we behave in life broadcasts energy out to the world. And so, you know, if you're if you're a young woman who really just values being super thin, you're going to attract that that reality into your life. And um, is that the reality you want? You know, but in terms of weight, you know, being overweight. Again, that focus on the mindset, on the mental piece of it. And what I mean by mental specifically, let me clarify this. The mental piece I'm talking about is what you're saying to yourself. You know, so again, it's not enough to know. I know physically you're, you're uncomfortable and you don't like it, but it's the mental and emotional consequences of the weight that usually is a lot more impactful to you. And as you start paying attention to that, you're going to find that that usually generates a lot more motivation to want to change because you realize I'm constantly beating myself up. I feel bad about myself. I don't like how I look. I don't like how I feel. I don't like who I am, you know? And then there's all the emotions that go with those thoughts. And it becomes, to some degree, a tortured existence, you know, beyond just the physical effects of it. And so I know it's uncomfortable and I know it's painful to reflect on those things. However, motivation comes down to pain and pleasure. And being able to use the pain strategically, I think, is a, is a crucial part of really having mastery over your motivation. And of course, your motivation is the, is the engine that drives the whole weight loss, weight mastery process. So we've got to learn how to interface and use pain strategically to serve us. And simultaneously, we have to learn how to use pleasure as well. Um, again, if we're going to master motivation, we need to understand how to use pain and pleasure, both of those. Um, but yeah, if you have any questions, if anyone has questions about any weight loss stuff, feel free to ask them. Um, what's up, Jody? Great coaching call. Yes, I had an aha moment. Yep, can't wait to share it with the Thrive Group. Thank you, Jim. I can't wait to hear it, Jody. That, that, yeah, that was a great call yesterday. I'm really glad we got to got to go through that. I, I was thinking about you this morning, and um, I was I was joking. I was laughing in my own head because I was thinking it, it's just one of the most common things I see working with people, and I work with very smart, successful people. And um, what 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 really amazes me is how unaware we are of things. You know. And um, I, I just, I thought that was funny yesterday, Jody, you know, like this, this big thing's happening in your life um, with your daughter. And it's like th the fact that that didn't come up right away, you know, it's just, it's just so funny. So that's why I love this work because it's really like self-exploration, you know, what's that? I don't know what the, the Latin phrase of it is, but um, it's know thyself. Right. And I think that's a core foundation of how I think you should master your weight. I think the more you understand yourself and the more you you recognize about who you are, what you're thinking, what you're scared of, you know, all these different things about who you are. We use that, you know, to help you become the person you want to be. And I think what most people try and do when they want to lose weight, they don't really learn anything more about themselves. They just try and beat themselves over the head with a hammer to get themselves to act different. And uh, that sucks, you know? So again, when I say take your weight loss and wrap it in personal development, personal development, that, that is really my passion. I, I, I weave it around with weight loss because I think weight is so important right now at this, this time in our, our history because we live in a crazy time where, you know, again, it, it's... I try and put it in this this context that it's like the cigarettes in the 50s, 
you know, where people kind of knew they weren't great for you, but they didn't realize how bad they were. And that's where we're at with the food. You know, the food's not, you know, like the, the fast food, the processed food's not good for you, but you do not, you are not internalizing just how bad it is for you. And at this point in time, what we're putting in our mouths consistently as Americans anyways, is the number one cause of preventable death at this point. So again, personal development is really what I'm passionate about. Um, but I'm, I'm just so passionate about the weight too. So, so I kind of combine them together. But personal development to me is really, the way I look at it, it's almost like a modern version of, like, like cause I like to meditate, I do yoga. But it's like, you know, I always think of like yogis, you know, a thousand years ago. Um, but it's this, this, this way of figuring out who, who are you, right? What am I, what am I capable of? You know, what's my potential? And I look at like personal development as almost like a modern day yogurt in a sense, or, or like um, self-actualization, you know, it's, it's, to me, it's like a spiritual journey in a sense, you know, there, there's a lot of meaning to who the hell am I, you know, and that's the fun part of it, though, to me, you know, and, and it sets me up, I think, for, for forever success. Because, you know, if you just, if you set your goals to external things, like, oh, I just want to get to a weight, or I just want to achieve this thing externally, what happens is, is we get it. And then then there's a letdown. You know, so I think you you in your life, if you want to be happy in your life forever, the secret is to have something that you're constantly can look forward to progressing and growing and evolving with, you know. And so for me, personal development is that thing. Weight mastery is that thing. There's other things, too, but but th those are the core things. Uh, so what I'm doing with my eating, with my lifestyle, with my mindset, it's always improving, because I'm always learning more things about myself. I'm always learning new things and I'm putting them into practice. And so, but again, it's a personal development process for me, but it never ends. See, because the weight stops. The, I lost the weight 30 years ago. You had one blip 12 years ago, but it's been the same weight. So I can't look to the scale to get motivated anymore. That, that's it's not motivating, it's not moving anywhere. So where do you get your motivation from? See, that's what most people don't understand is like the average dieter, they trade the, the pleasure of the food for the pleasure of the scale going down. But what happens when the scale goes down? Now you can't look forward to that. And so now where are you going to get your pleasure from? And this is where I, I think this is part of the reason why most people put the weight back on. So I think you've got to find some meaning and some, there's got to be something that keeps you going after you get to your goal weight. What's that going to be? You know, so again, I, I hope it's personal development. I'm kind of giving you the cheat code that works for me. Um, it, it's always about learning more and more about myself. You know, the weight's really a symptom of what's going on inside of you anyways. So if you don't think that, I, I don't know what you think, but <laughs> Lima says, so true. When I lost lots of weight once, I was shocked how much it was affecting me. Yeah, yeah, of course. That, that's what I'm saying. The more you focus on that piece, um, the more you, I think the more motivated you are. I, uh, so yeah, if anyone has any questions, feel free to ask them. Uh, nippy zippy, what's happening? I'm aiming to get into a wetsuit. All right, that's exciting. Cause yeah, cause a wetsuit, I, I like that already because the wetsuit has other implications, right? So I think that's a great goal. See, we, we can't disembody our goals. We can't like disassociate our goals. And that's what a lot of people do. They just keep saying a number in their head or a size clothes they wanna be. And it's just disassociated. It, has, it doesn't have a lot of meaning. As soon as I hear the word wetsuit, well, I'm saying, okay, well, what's, why? Because you want to scuba dive somewhere cool? You want to do, it sounds like you're going to do something cool, okay? So that's going to be more motivating. So again, we need to give, you all need to give your weight mastery, your weight loss more meaning. For, for most people, the weight loss doesn't mean much. You keep saying a number, 
repeating it over. I want to weigh X amount of pounds. I've got to lose this weight. I got to lose this weight. You keep thinking about it, but it doesn't mean much to you. If it meant a lot to you, you'd be losing weight. It doesn't mean much to you, and so you're kind of flipping about it. You know? And so you got to recognize that. You have to recognize you're kind of indifferent anyways, and the way you get to be really motivated is giving the process more meaning. And one of the ways you get to get it more meaning is to realize it's not even just about how you look. It's about how you think about yourself, what you're thinking all day long. Do you realize you're focusing on food and your weight and how upset you are with yourself and diets and all this shit? I ask people this all the time. Like, what percentage of the time are you thinking about weight loss? And people will regularly tell me 60, 70% of the time every day. That's your life, man. You know what I mean? Like, that, that, that ends up being your life that you spend just frittering away thinking about your weight and eating and oh, I should do this and I wish I did that. And, and then not only is it the thinking, but then there's all the emotions that thinking generates and it's all negative emotions. It's you feeling frustrated with yourself or hopeless or depressed or sad or worried or whatever it is. The next thing you know, you look back at the last 30 years of your life like, shit, I've been worried for 30, I've been stressed out. My life's been revolving around me being overweight that's the bigger pain. I, I know it's hard to hear that stuff and think about it, but, but that's the truth of the matter and you need to recognize that. You need to use the truth as, uh, you, you need to use it strategically to, to work for you, you know, as opposed to trying to avoid it and it's keeping you stuck. So I hope that helps out. But I'd love to know, what are you gonna do in the wetsuit? Tell me if you're still here, let me know what you're gonna plan on doing in the wetsuit because I bet there's probably something interesting there going on there. <laughs> What people do in a wetsuit. Vivian said, I'm so excited about my new lifestyle and will continue to eat and live healthier. Yeah, Vivian's doing things right. Uh, again, it's a more holistic approach. It's not just about the weight. It's not just about cutting calories. You know, it's about the whole lifestyle. And it's, again, it's all about those things because you become a better version of yourself. You become the version of yourself you want to be. Oh, okay, see, here we go. And then Nippy Zippy said, yeah, I'm going to wear the wetsuit so I can go metal detecting under the water and getting in a canoe. So, you know, what I mean? like, that's cool stuff, right? So that's even better than I was thinking. I was like, scuba diving, and that, which is real cool to me. Um, but now, yeah, now you're going to metal detect under the water. That's the coolest stuff. Um, my wife and kid watch some show on YouTube. Some guy, he does that. He, uh, he goes all over the place, all over America anyways, probably over the world at this point, a huge channel he's got. But uh, yeah, he'll go down and you just, the stuff he finds down there is crazy. So that's exciting. Do you see? Now that that's a great that's a great motivator. It's not enough. It's not the only thing, but that's a great thing to, you know, that's like a nice seasoning, right? On the food. It's like that's a great, great motivator. That's exciting. You can think about that and it's exciting to do it. And so that's how you make your weight loss fun, folks. You can make weight loss the funnest, most enjoyable thing in the world. It just depends how you think about it. And you know how you think about weight loss? You think about dieting and it discourages you and frustrates you right from the beginning to the point that you don't even want to lose weight now. Because when you think about weight loss subconsciously, you associate it to pain, so you avoid it. And that's where you're at now. You're consciously always saying, I want to lose weight, and subconsciously you'll go, oh, fuck that. I don't want to, I don't want a keto plan. I don't want to, it's overwhelming. It sucks. Life's hard enough. I'm going to do that now. No, I'm going to wait. Maybe, maybe later I'll, I'll, you know what I mean? How long have you been saying that stuff to yourself? You know, so that's a great one, Nippy Zippy. That, that's fun. Yeah, when you do that, let me know. I want to hear what you find. Because this guy, I see, does, yeah, the joy of getting the seatbelt, yeah, the airplane seatbelt fastened. And also, but but even intrinsic in that that idea of the airplane seatbelt fastening is the fact that you're probably going somewhere cool, right? You're traveling to different places, getting to see different places. So this is what I'm saying. It's your weight really does impact a lot of your life, not because of how you look, you know, but because of who you are. 
and how you're living and how you think about yourself. What's up, Marcy? Nice to see you. Yeah, and proper diving. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. So so that, that's a fun thing, you know? And so that's what we want is, is that's what I always work on with people too. I mean, you program yourself then, that's the first thing people do is you go through the motivation piece, you know, so you learn how to motivate yourself because uh, you all don't know how to motivate yourself. It's that simple. If you're not losing weight, why do you think it is? It's not because you don't know how, you know, it's because you don't know how to motivate yourself. And uh, once you do know how to motivate yourself, I guess you could imagine that makes a huge difference, right? I always say this that if you're if you're someone who wants to lose weight and you're not actively losing weight, the first thing you gotta the first hurdle you gotta jump over is motivation. You have to you have to get motivated. And you gotta recognize the difference between when you're motivated and when you're not. You know, you've been apathetic for so long about your weight that you don't even know you don't even believe probably that you can be motivated for real. Uh you know, but it's important for you to recognize that. Do a little gut check right now. Am I really motivated to lose weight? Or do I just kind of want to lose weight? I, it'd be cool. It'd be cool if I lost weight. I'd really like it. But I don't know if I want to do this stuff. Now, again, a lot of this comes down to what you think you have to do to lose weight is, is usually miserable shit you don't want to do that no one would want to do. You know, count every calorie, never eat a carb again, 1,200 calories, no sugar. You know, it's, it's like, who wants to live like that? So you avoid it, right? Because you say, eh. I don't like the weight, but living that way and eating that way is worse than the weight, right? Let's just be honest, right? Why do you think you're not losing weight? It's not rocket science. Let's clarify the core problem here, the first problem anyways. And it's basically that you don't want to lose weight. Well, you do want to lose weight, but you don't want to lose weight as much as you want to keep eating the way you're eating and living the way you're living. It's that simple. You can think of like a scale, and, and the, the scale that to want to keep doing what you're doing is stronger than the, the desire and want to lose weight. And you know this is true. And it's true because I'll, I'll take you through a thought experiment. If the person you love the most in, in life was kidnapped and the kidnapper said, if you don't lose weight this month, you never see that person again. That'd be the easiest weight loss you ever, ever achieved. Right? How tempted would you be to eat ice cream if that was the situation? Right? Not at all. Because what would happen? As soon as that situation appeared, you would make a rock solid decision because you would be truly motivated. You'd want to get that person back in your life. And so it would be a decision in that moment. And that decision and that motivation would change the entire month for you. You know, the kidnapper said, you know what? I'm going to put all your favorite foods in your kitchen and around your house so you see them all the time. You wouldn't give a shit. You'd be laser focused on your goal. You'd be 100% you'd be congruently motivated. And that would make it easy. I'm not eating that shit. No way. I'm not risking anything. I don't, I don't, that's not what I want. But now we look at how you feel now, right? And it's like, oh, a bowl of candy at my, the office. Oh, 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 I shouldn't. I, I don't know. You know? And so it's like, you got to go to the... Weight mastery is kind of like building a house. Like you can't build a house from the roof down. Right? You can't start the roof up in the air and then start building the walls and then build the walls down here and then the stairs down and then build the foundation. Like that's not how it works. But that's what you're trying to do. To prove the point, you know, with programming yourself, then we have the weight mastery pyramid. So the bottom most important level is mindset, then lifestyle, then eating. And what are you trying to do to lose weight? What do you always try to do to lose weight? You just try and change the eating. Maybe add some working out. But it's primarily you just try and change the eating. You don't change your lifestyle. You don't change your mindset. And so what happens? You get the same results every time. You stick with it for a little bit, and then you go back to what you always do. Because you never really changed it. 
you're not really motivated. Why would you be? See, this is the part that's always fascinating to me. Like, first off, you got to recognize I'm not really motivated. It's not, I'm not judging you. It's don't feel bad about it. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's like, just acknowledge it. Cause if you don't acknowledge that you're not truly motivated to lose weight, then what are you doing? You think I'm really motivated, but I can't lose weight. Cause that's the worst thing you could think. If you think I'm really motivated to lose weight, but I can't do it. You start to believe that I'm powerless. No matter what I do, I can't lose weight. I'm doing everything possible and I can't lose weight. So you're not seeing things accurately. So if you can start off by saying and acknowledging, yeah, I'm not losing weight because I'm not really motivated. Great. Great, because at least now we know the problem is and now we can fix it. Pretending the problem's not there doesn't help you out because then you don't fix it. And it's always there. So what you have to do is you have got to get yourself truly motivated. You know, and um, so how do you do that? Well... It's pain and pleasure. I don't know. I take people through this program. It's kind of, it takes longer than I'm going to talk about here, but you got to get motivated first. Let me just leave you with that one on that, that point. Um, Francesca, to be healthy and active with my grandchildren, they are the reason I quit smoking too. Yeah, that's great, Francesca. Yeah, that's a great motivator. A lot of my clients have used that. You know, they, they, they got grandkids on the way or here and they want to be, they want to enjoy that time. I think that's a great motivator. It, it works a lot of the time because that's real, right? It's visceral. It's like you can see it. You know, you either sit on the sofa and you can't even get on the floor or you, you get winded, you get tired, you can't do anything with the kids. Thanks, Marcy. Um, so I think that's great. And it, you have the added benefit also. It worked for the smoking thing too. So yeah, it would definitely build on that. I think that's a great one. Um, Karen, can you restart? Yes. Um, let me write that down right here. Karen. Can you, Karen, actually, can you, um, can you email me? Because I forget, I forget your last name. And so I won't, I won't ever be able to find, I thought I restarted you, but maybe I didn't because maybe that was Marcy, but can you email me? Cause, cause then I'll have your email and that'll make it easier for me to find it and I'll send it off. Um, yeah. And Marcy. Okay. Yeah. Just shoot me Marcy's email too, if you don't mind. And I will check those out. <laughs> Sweet quest said the kidnapper can keep them. <laughs> Come on. I said the person you love the most. That's funny. Uh, admit the truth. Yeah, it is the truth. I mean, again, what do they say? You know, the truth will set you free. It, it is true. I, I, I do believe that. I think I find, um, so the weight loss thing, you know, you're walking around with half-assed ideas in your head about how to lose weight. It's not your fault. You know, it really isn't. The diet industry has turned your, your brains into mashed potatoes when it comes to weight loss. And it's really not your fault. Like literally, I mean, you've literally been exposed to millions of ads for weight loss. And uh, it has completely screwed up the way you think about weight loss now. And so that's why, again, if you know me, I always say this, but your, your mindset's the number one thing impacting your weight. I mean, shit, you know, like even food noise, right? What do you think food noise is? You don't, you don't think that's part of your mindset? You, you think the only way to deal with food noise is with medicine? Really? <laughs> you know? They'll, they'll have you believe in that by the end of the year, though. By the end of the year, that you'll believe that's the only way to lose the weight is to deal with the food noise, and the only way to deal with food noise is medicine. But, you know, so yeah. Gotta get, gotta get true with stuff. You can substitute one addiction for another. Yeah, you can substitute one addiction for another, but I... I, I I'm a believer in that, but I, I would, I don't mind substituting an addiction for another if it's a better addiction. 
I would say now I get in arguments with people this all the time and maybe I don't understand what an addiction is, but um, I would say that I, as an addictive person who had very unhealthy, harmful, addictive behaviors have traded them out for positive addictive behaviors. <laughs> I, I am addicted to drinking my water, to going to bed early, to, you know, meditating, to doing yoga, to eating healthy, to walking. I'm, I'm addicted to all these things. It's, oh, that's not the same thing. Maybe it's not, but I, uh, I feel addicted to them. I want to do them every day. I love doing them. And when I can't do them, I, I really miss them and I, I don't like it. So um, the idea of substitute one addiction for another, again, we're getting into semantics and I think that, that sometimes can be a problem with this conversation, but um, sometimes that's a good thing. Um, opinion on 16-8 fasting. Uh, I think if it works for you, great. You know, like if you love intermittent fasting, 16-8, I think then and, and it's working for you, you like it, you get results, keep doing it, super. Again, I think that, I don't think anywhere in the world, like just, just all of a sudden fasting is gonna get you the results you're looking for. What I mean by this is, I, I think you need to start approaching your weight mastery as you're gonna need a comprehensive holistic approach. It, it's not enough to just be the same person, but now I'm just gonna act different. You know, I don't know what sense that makes, which is why I always say the weight mastery pyramid mindset, lifestyle, eating. And if you don't change all three of those, I don't know how you're going to get, I have never seen, I, I, maybe one time, there's one guy I talked to in all my years, I've been doing this 20 years professionally. I've been doing it 30 years personally. And so I, I've, I've, I've talked with hundreds of people who've successfully lost weight and kept it off. How do you do it? Every single one of those, except for maybe this one guy I talked to, they all changed their mindset, lifestyle, and eating. I don't know how you would achieve long-term results. Now, can you lose weight without changing your mindset and your lifestyle? Obviously. Just do intermittent fasting, cut your calories down, you know, choose any diet you want. Take medicine, whatever. Get your stomach stapled, you know, whatever you want to do. Um, but that that's not the results you're looking for. Do you see what I'm saying? You're not just looking for weight loss, folks. You don't just want to be thinner and be just as stressed and anxious and fixated on food and feeling worried and not healthy as you are now. You, 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 when you imagine the weight loss, you create this fantasy land of all these wonderful things you want. Now you can have those things, but you can't have them from just changing, just cutting calories down. That's it. I promise you. Why do you think? You tell me, folks. Why do you think? Uh, why do you think that it's estimated uh, upwards of 95% of people that lose weight on a diet put it back on? How do you explain that? It's not their genetics. It's not their plan. It's not their willpower. You know? So we can't just focus on a tactic. That being said, I like 16-8 fasting. I don't do 16-8. And there's nothing magic about 16 hours. You know, they make it sound like there's something magic so they can sell you more book, books and bullshit. But if you, if you eat... Uh, Thanks, Shannon. If you eat 16 hours a day right now and you cut that down to 10 hours a day, you'll probably lose weight, you know, because you shrunk your, your eating window a little bit. Okay. So it's just a tactic. And if it works for you, you love it, do it. If you've tried it and you hate it and you dread it, you don't have to do it. It's as simple as that. And that gets to a real important point is that you need to build your weight mastery approach around you. The diets are always saying, oh, you got to do this. Here, here's the plan. Just do this. Well, it's got to be customized to you, don't you think? There's 8 billion people on the planet. You think they could all just succeed with intermittent fasting? They're all going to thrive on Weight Watchers? Oh, all going to kill it with keto? Well, no, of course not. So you got to start respecting yourself. Again, you got to honor yourself. Build your weight mastery around you. You're a beautiful, unique 
snowflake of a person. One of a kind. One of a kind. And so shouldn't your weight mastery approach, your mindset, your lifestyle, your eating strategy be for you? Based on your genetics, your preferences, your lifestyle? Wouldn't that make sense? And what would happen if you did that? What if, what if this? What if, I don't know how long you've been trying to lose weight. I bet it's in the decades. What if the first time you wanted to lose weight, first time you started a diet, what if instead of fucking dieting and just say, oh, I'm going to count points. I'm just going to do what the people tell me. Instead you said, you know what? I'm going to figure out what works for me. I'm going to start paying attention to how I eat and I'm going to figure out a way to start nourishing myself and eating in a way so that I can get to my goal weight and then live the rest of my life at my goal weight on near autopilot. If you had done that all those years ago, wouldn't you be in a completely different position now than you are? Because the truth is now you're just floundering around like you've been the entire time. This is what I'm trying to tell you. You as a dieter, you haven't learned shit about how to lose weight. You have a bunch of ideas about what you think you're supposed to do, but that's not knowing how to lose weight. And the truth is, here you are 10, 20, 30, 40 years later, and you know as little about how to lose weight now as you did before you started your first diet. Because every diet, every single weight loss thing is telling you what to do, what to eat, how to exercise, what you should be doing. And then it's left up to you to get yourself to do it. And so you use your willpower and you try and force yourself to do it for a while. And then you go back to what you always do. And you haven't learned shit about yourself. You haven't learned shit about eating, how to change your behaviors, how to change your mindset, how to change your lifestyle. You haven't learned any of those things. And here you are 20, 10, 20, 30, 40 years later in the same fucking spot, except you're just heavier probably. I don't say I'm not being cruel. You understand this. I'm not. I'm trying to be a dickhead here. I'm trying to just snap you out of the trance. You got to snap out of it. You got to snap out of the dying tran- dieting trance. You know. So, anyways, if you do want to snap out of it, I, I got solutions for you, folks. Go to my bio, click the link at the hypnosis session I give you. It is free. It's free. And not only that, then I give you a training. It's about a 30 minutes. Three steps to master your weight. It's a completely different approach. It's a more holistic, comprehensive approach that you've never thought about. And you're not thinking about. And it may just be the thing that changes everything for you. It may be total bullshit and you hate it. Great. It cost you nothing. <laughs> cost you a half hour of time. So what? You know? But I think you'll learn something. I think you'll find some useful stuff. I'm here to help you. I'm one of the few that will show you how to get yourself to do the things you know you should. You need to be crystal clear about your problem. The problem is that you know what to do. The problem is you don't know how to get yourself to do it. You know what you should and shouldn't eat to some degree. You don't know how to get yourself to consistently eat that way. You don't know how to consistently get yourself to live the healthier way you know you should. And no one's showing you this, as far as I can see. Everyone's just telling you what to do. <laughs> It'd help if you were shown how. Um, Mackenzie. Oh, oh, oh. These questions just flip up real quick. Tips on how to help a stubborn family member care about their health. Uh, yeah, that I will tell you, uh, I have no tips on that because I, I work with people, (laughs) I mean, shit, it's hard enough to change our own, you know, thoughts about our health, right? Let's be honest. It's hard enough. So again, I know, I know we worry about our family members. We want to do better, but I'll tell you the worst. I've never seen it work where you're like, you know, you got a family member, you want to live healthier. You're like, Hey, you know what? You got to take it more seriously. Come on, you can do it. I just never seen it work. I wish it worked. Right. But I just never seen it work. And so, 
I guess my tip is I wouldn't waste my energy. I, I would focus on you. That's the only thing I have seen work is sometimes like when you when you start transforming yourself in a in a way that's not not like a diet, not like you do keto. Now you're doing the keto, you know, um, you know, please, <laughs> you know, si- try to sign everyone up, you know, for keto. But um, if you if you focus on yourself and you get healthy and happy in a way that that really works for you, sometimes that's inspiring to people. But I, I literally I haven't seen. I don't know. I don't know how you get someone else to care. I people pay me twenty five thousand dollars to work with me privately. That's how hard it is to get ourselves. <laughs> These are clearly right smart, successful people um, paying me this kind of money, right? Um, you would know some of them. I mean, they're, they're famous people you would know, right? And it's like clearly, if 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 we could just say something to someone else, right? It's hard enough to say something to ourselves to get ourselves to change. So I, I know I know it's an unsatisfying answer, but if you find out something that you say to them that works, please let me know. Please email me because <laughs> I I would love to know how we could change other people's. Um, opinion. I mean, that's what I do. That's my whole life is <laughs> trying to help people to get get them to care. And I work with people that are motivated, right? I work with people that are, that are literally here's the money, Jim. What do you want me to do, right? And it's hard enough with them. So someone who doesn't want to hear that shit, someone who's stubborn, you know, I would just cut the shit. I'd leave them alone. That's what I would do. <laughs> Maybe the best motivation is about health, not looks. Hey, oh Myra, that, that's I would agree. Um, the best motivation. Now you don't believe that, folks. You believe the best motivation is you want to look better. You're obsessed. You you believe it too. Like I couldn't convince you that that that's not enough motivation. You know, but you you think wanting to look better is enough motivation. But you got to look at your results. It's not enough motivation because you don't give a shit. It's literally it's classified as an extrinsic goal. The only reason you want to lose weight is so other people think you look better. Okay. I, I always ask this question that if if there was no one on the if there was no one else on the planet, would you give a shit about your weight? And if you're like, no, nah, I wouldn't care, then you're not really motivated. That, that's all. It's a weak form of motivation. If you want to argue about it, let's do it. <laughs> I know you You think, you think. So I'll give you an example, right? So let me just prove what I'm talking about here. We all know Pavlov's dogs, right? Ring the bell, show them the food. They, they salivate. Pretty soon they, they link together the bell and, and the food. You could, No food, and you just ring the bell and they salivate, okay? You can do the same experiment with humans, I get you hungry and I show you your favorite food while I ring a bell while you're salivating a few times. I can just ring the bell and you'll salivate. Now, the whole time you can say, Jim, that's stupid. I'm not going to salivate. Ding, 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 ding. So what I'm trying to tell you is that you have two parts of your brain. You have a conscious mind and a subconscious mind. You, you need to understand this because this to me gets to the core of why hypnosis is so important. Because no one else is, is talking about this and it's the main thing. The main problem you have in life not just your weight, is that there's all these things you know you should do or you know you shouldn't do and you can't change your behavior. So you know all the reasons in the world why you should lose weight. You know what you should and shouldn't eat. If you were a robot, you could just program in what you'd eat all day and you just ate it, you'd have no problem mastering your weight. The problem is you know what to do and then all of a sudden something within you compels you to do the wrong thing out of nowhere. So even though you know logically what you should do, it seems like your behavior doesn't follow that. Is that not the core problem of your life in every area? Your relationships, your work, your health? There's things you know you should and shouldn't do and you just keep fucking doing them and you don't know how to stop it, you know? So um, this is what I'm saying. You think the motivation, I want to look better. Oh, God damn it, do I want to look better? I want to look better so bad I can feel it. I, can t- I just want to look better. Jim, I want to look better. 
I, I get it. I know you want to look better, but that's not enough motivation subconsciously. Subconscious mind don't give a shit about how you look because you know what your subconscious mind cares about? Um, I'm stressed. I'm freaking out. I'm freaking out. Life's going crazy. I'm stressed out. I need to relieve this stress. We'll eat some food. Oh, okay. So in that moment of stress, your, your subconscious mind don't give a fuck about your, how you look. Does that, that make that make any sense to you folks? Because you, do you understand this? As a dieter, here you are 20, 30 years into it and you don't understand why is it that all you do is think about weight loss but you keep eating the wrong foods? Like, like what's your reasoning for that? You know, this is why hypnosis is so important. It's the context. It's the concept of how your mind's set up. You have no practical understanding of how your brain works, you know? And, and so this isn't the most complex explanation. You have a conscious mind and a subconscious mind. Your conscious mind is literally your prefrontal cortex. And it's the part of your brain that is logical, rational, knows what you should do, knows what you shouldn't do, tries to get you to follow that. That's where your willpower is, okay? And then there's your subconscious mind, which is the biggest part of your mind. And it's the part of your mind that runs all your habitual thoughts, feelings, and behaviors. And so what you've been doing as a dieter is you've been trying to use your prefrontal cortex, which is about 10% of your brain. It's the newest part of your brain evolutionarily. And so you try and use this part of your brain to fight against the other 90%. How's that working out? How's that working out for you? Because what happens? Why are you struggling with your weight? It's not a knowledge issue. This is why the diets are never going to help you. It's not a knowledge issue. It's not because you didn't know about keto. Oh shit, carbs are bad for me. Oh, I didn't know about intermittent fasting. Oh, you're 16 hours. Like, like it's not those things. Those aren't, that's not going to help you. You need to be able to change your subconscious programming because that's what's driving all of your habitual thoughts, feelings, and behaviors. And so until you change that, you're just, does it not feel, folks, when you try to lose weight, doesn't it feel like you're fighting against yourself? Does it not feel that way? And, and you always end up losing the fight? Does it, is that a good description? <laughs> so it's because you literally are. You're, you're fighting it. You're trying to use your conscious mind to fight against your subconscious mind. You're saying, oh, 8 o'clock, you eat, you eat ice cream and cookies every night at 8 o'clock, but okay, well, today's my diet. I'm starting a diet today. Well, your subconscious mind don't give a shit, and so 8 o'clock comes, and your subconscious mind says, hey, hey, where's the cookies? Let's have some cookies and ice cream, man. And your conscious mind says, no, 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 no. We're on a diet. No, 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 no. Right? And then two seconds later, your subconscious says, hey, wait, wait what's going on here? We're watching our show. We're sitting our so Why aren't we eating our ice cream and cookies? What's going on? Nope, nope, nope. We're, remember, we started keto today. We started our diet today. Nope, nope. And it just goes on and on and on. But this part of your brain is so much more powerful. It just never stops until you reprogram it. And so what you do is you keep fighting against it until this part gets tired out. And then you just go and do the bullshit again. Um, Karen says, getting burnt out on certain foods is hard. Um, 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 um. I don't know what you mean by that. Are you are you saying that you're getting burnt out on certain foods because you're eating the same things and now you're getting tired of them? Let me know. I don't want to spend a lot of time if that's not what you mean. I'm not. I'm not sure if I understand that. Um, I've seen people quit smoking and gained a lot of weight. Um, yeah, for sure. I I think what happens there is, you know, people use smoking to relax and deal with stress and to calm down, and I think once that's gone, the food becomes a great substitute for that. So remember, right, we, we've been conditioned to use food as the primary emotional management strategy in our culture, number one way, right? So you feel positive emotions, we celebrate with food. You feel negative, you feel down, we fix it with food. And so a huge part of weight mastery is learning how to deal with your emotions genuinely. Can you imagine? 
Don't you think that's true? <laughs> I mean, you're a smart person. If you're watching me right now, I know you're I know you're a thinker. I know you think a lot in your head. And uh don't you think when you reflect on your weight, which is a consequence of your eating, don't you think your eating has a lot to do with your emotions? Because what separates the times when you make a healthy food choice versus an unhealthy one? It's not your logical knowledge of which one's healthy or unhealthy. You, you know that. It's your, it's your mood, right? You're, you're in a good mood. You're calm, relaxed, focused, connected to my goal, feeling motivated. You, you tend to make a lot better decisions. And then other times when you're stressed out, freaking out, overwhelmed, tired, exhausted, you make less healthy decisions. I mean, it's not rocket science. But you avoid that because you don't have any way to deal with those things. So I tell you, in Program Yourself Then, the mindset section is the first part you go through. When you create your weight mastery blueprint, so mindset blueprint, lifestyle blueprint, eating blueprint. And the mindset blueprint is six categories. Motivation. Do you know how to motivate yourself? Self-image. Okay, do you even know you have a self-image? You, you have a... Your weight is a physical projection of your mental self. If you're overweight and been so for a while, you think of yourself as an overweight person. We got to change that. Um, your habits. Do you know how to strategically um, implement and change your habits to, so that you have influence and control over them? Um, number four, the big one, emotions. Do you know how to feel the emotions you want and to deal with the shitty emotions you don't want to feel without food? Genuinely. Um, thinking. Do you know how to think like a thin and healthy person? The literal nuts and bolts. You know, the questions to ask, how to think about food, how to think about yourself as a thin and healthy person. And then maintenance. Right? Do you have strategies? Do you know how to maintain your success? Do you know how to maintain from day one to day two, week one to week two? We program yourself, then we start with maintenance because the goal isn't to lose weight. The goal is to get to your goal weight and then live the rest of your life at your goal weight on near autopilot. And so maintenance is the, the whole thing. This idea that you're going to get to your goal weight and then figure that out, how's that working? Marcy sent an email. Good. I'll see that and I will fix that for you as soon as I get off of here. Myra says, my favorite restaurant is 7-Eleven. Our surroundings account for 10 to 20% of the problem. Yeah, fair enough, Myra. That's that's absolutely true. Um, I would say the surroundings and the environment account for way more than that. You know, no doubt about it. Environment's a huge factor. But the biggest factor still remains your mindset. It's always your mindset. It's the number one factor. Okay, remember that. Um, but the environment matters too. No doubt about it. Um, I know binging serves a purpose. I would like to cope with my emotions without food. Any tips? Yeah, I'm glad you asked that question because I like answering this because I think it can truly help you and bring some peace uh, to your life. And what that is, is when we binge afterwards, that's the, the most important time, okay? And so when you're first starting, it's just we've got a binge behavior, we really start figuring it out after it happens. So what most people do that binge is they want to stop it from happening. I would not suggest that. Keep binging for a little while, okay? But the difference being, once you binge, reflect on it. What triggered the binge? It's usually one of two things. It's either you um, have over-restricted and now you're so hungry you can't control your eating, or it's emotions. And so let's assume it's your emotions for you as part of it. Um, and, and emotional eating, in my opinion, emotional eating is probably the number one thing causing your weight issues. Because if you didn't emotionally eat, you would just eat to nourish your body and you probably wouldn't have any weight issues. So emotional eating really is it. 
And we usually, we can't just say I'm an emotional eater. That's too vague. You have very specific different emotional eating patterns, most likely. And so when we get done with the binge, we want to reflect back and say, what was going on there? Where was I at emotionally? So the first thing we need to do is understand the emotions that triggered the binge. It's different for different people. It's different in different situations. So you may find that it works really stressful, life's stressful. You get home and you're stressed out and the stress leads to the binge. And you're using the binge as a way to distract yourself from the stress for a little while. Okay. Or maybe you feel lonely. Thanks, Shannon. Um, maybe you feel lonely and the loneliness triggers the binge. It doesn't matter what the emotion is. The important thing is you figure out what are the, the main emotion. And there might be a couple of them, but what are the main, the main emotion or two that are triggering the binge? And so let's just say it's stress. Okay. And so once you realize it's stress, now we can ask the magic question, how would I like to feel instead? I'd like to feel relaxed and calm. And now comes the most important question. What are some ways that I can feel more calm and relaxed that don't involve food? And once you have an answer to that question, I know you don't have it now, but you're not asking these questions to get to it either. Um, a couple of days, a couple of binges of asking this question, it's very enlightening. And so now we've been asked the question, how can I feel more relaxed and calm without food? And I would suggest, now again, I don't know what your, it depends what your specific emotions are. Maybe you're lonely, right? And so we go through the same process. How do I wanna feel? I wanna feel loved and I wanna feel connected. I wanna feel supported, great. How can I feel connected and loved and supported without food? You see, so that question always leads to a real solution because the food, the emotional eating is not a solution. It's a distraction. You know, like if you're stressed out and then you go and eat a bunch of food, it's not a solution because after you finish eating the food, you don't feel better. You feel upset with yourself. You feel more stressed. Jesus Christ, I did it again. You know, when you feel lonely and then you eat a bunch of food, once the food's done, you don't feel connected and loved. You feel even more lonely now. You see, so you have to understand the emotional eating is really a distraction. It's not a genuine experience of the emotions you really want to feel. This is a very profound point because this is really what your whole, this, this is where you, what I'm talking about, it's not about how you look. This is literally who you are, how you're living your life comes down to this. Because what we're talking about is if you're feeling stressed, then you're just distracting yourself a little while and then you're feeling more stressed. So we zoom out and look at that behavior playing out time and time again. Your stress levels are just going higher and higher and higher. That's your life, man. It, it, the more stressed you are, the, the worse your quality of life is. Or we take loneliness, right? We're going to zoom out. Um, you're getting lonelier and lonelier and lonelier because you're not resolving the problem. And now the more lonely you feel, the lower your quality of life. You see? So this is bigger than just the weight on the scale. And so we begin to focus on how can I feel more loved and connected? He goes, oh, I can call someone. I can go do something with other people. I could, you know, there's a million solutions, but you're not focusing on any of those, right? Because you're just putting yourself to sleep with the food, feeling worse and worse and worse and worse and worse and worse and worse. So that, those are my tips, okay? And they work, trust me, they, they really, really work. Um, but again, please, folks, go to my bio, click the link, get the free hypnosis session I give you. It's called the new thin me. It's a 10 minute session. It will clarify and connect you to your goal weight. It will make you more motivated. You will naturally make better food choices for the next couple of days just by listening to that session. It's free. It's free. It doesn't cost you anything but 10 minutes. Um, and then I give you a training, three steps to master your weight. And that's the big one. So your better best friend, watch that training. Because I go through this stuff. It's really, really important. Um, Kaz says, sounds like you know me. 
It does. I mean, I know, I know dieters' brains more than dieters know it. I mean, this is what I've been doing. I've been doing this for 20 years professionally. I've done over almost 6,000 private weight loss sessions at this point. It's a lot. And um, yeah, so I, I know, I know. I do. I, I literally, I know how you think more better than you know how you think. I, I just do. Because it's always the same patterns. They show up a little different depending on the person. You know, they're always a little unique to the person. But the core patterns are always the same now. You know, which is why I'm able to help so many people, you know, because again, once you understand these core patterns, you can fix them, you can change them. You know, um, I eat at Olive Garden four days a week. I'm addicted to the eggplant parmesan. Um, yeah, eggplant parmesan's good. You know, all that stuff's addictive. You know, it's a, uh... I mean, it's beyond addictive, you know, like, like there's addiction the way you think about it. And then there's, it rewires your brain <laughs> in new ways so that you crave it, you know, addiction. And that's what these foods do, you know, processed food, you know, when you're eating it at, you know, any, any place that's like a chain place. I mean, geez, almost any restaurant, as soon as you go to a restaurant, you got to have your guard up because again, a restaurant's job is to get you in there as much as possible. And so the more addictive the food is, the more you're going to do that. Olive Garden, especially, but I'll keep it simple here. I, I don't know if you ever watched like The Insider, which is a great movie. You ought to watch it because um, it's it's about it's Russell Crowe's in it, and he plays the whistleblower who blew the whistle on the cigarette industry. He was a scientist, and one of the things that always sticks in my head is you talk about how they were putting ammonia in the cigarettes because what the ammonia did is it helped the tobacco be absorbed into your bloodstream faster. Because what makes things addictive is the time between when we have the stimulus and when we have the response. Okay. And so the faster the tobacco's into our blood, the more addictive it becomes. Right? This is why crack cocaine is a lot more addictive than powdered cocaine. Because if you, if you snort powdered cocaine, it still takes a little bit of time to get into your, your bloodstream. When you smoke it, it goes into your lungs and it's instant. Okay. And so the faster the stimulant between the, the shorter the distance between the stimulus and the response, the more addictive it, it becomes. And so, um, this is what they're doing with these these foods now. You know, again, Olive Garden would absolutely be one of those. Um, but any of the chains, any of the fast food, any of the packaged processed foods, um, they're, they're making them so addictive in ways that you can't even imagine. You know, I regularly say, you, you know, you're a good person. You're a nice, good, kind person, so you wouldn't think this stuff. But in your mind, when you think about all these foods, you know, you imagine in your mind, you know, chefs in the kitchen, you know, slaving away on different recipes to find the best tasting one. And you couldn't be further from the truth. You know who makes foods now? Chemists. Chemists in labs. You know how they come up with Ben and Jerry's ice cream flavors now? It's not two hippies in a cabin up in Vermont with their dogs testing different recipes. They put people into an fMRI machine and they scan their brain in real time while they drip different ice cream solutions onto their tongue to see which ones light their pleasure centers of their brains up the most and the quickest. So, you know what I mean? What we're up against... You're never gonna win that battle, right? Well, well, I forget which one to say, but you can't eat just one. Don't don't take that bet. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, it's like taking a, you know taking a bet with a casino. You're you're gonna lose. So, yeah, that, that, of course they're you're addicted to it, no doubt. Yeah, boredom. When I had COVID, I couldn't taste. I only ate when I was hungry. Yeah, me too. It was very interesting because I had COVID um, at Thanksgiving, and it was very very interesting. Um. But yeah, boredom. So, so Karen, yeah, when, when you're bored, again, it's the same thing. If, you know, that's such a great example because yeah, if you're bored and then you eat and then you finish eating, are you not bored anymore? No, 
Do you understand? You've got to recognize the difference between genuine emotion, feeling genuine emotions, and distraction. It, it's very enlightening once you have that that distinction, because you're going to realize a lot of your eating is for distraction. You're you're not actually getting the emotions you want to feel. Which reminds, I want to make a video on that. Um, so yeah, so uh, yeah, so if you're bored and then you go and eat, then you finish eating, you're still just as bored. Okay, so yeah, you got to say again, it starts with boredom. Oh, I'm bored. How do I want to feel? I want to feel entertained. I want to feel interested. I want to feel curious. Okay, how can I do that? And there's a million ways to do it. It's up to you. You know, I don't know what you like to do, but you know, got to figure it out for you. But then what a difference. So I'll give you an example for me. I went through that bored boredom eating. I just watch TV all the time, and then um. I went through this with myself and I started playing guitar. And now I play guitar, it's, it's genuinely stimulating to me. And so I'm not bored. I got a lot of, and that's just one thing. There's a lot of things I like to do that don't involve food. And so I know I'm genuinely um, interested in myself. My ears are feeling weird. Um, so yeah, th that's the secret to that. Tree I binge yesterday, but I was able to stop part way and slow down. And when I couldn't get up for more food, cat on lap, I found I was fine. Yeah, that's great, Trey Donum. So, um, you know, trade trade Donum. Uh, yeah, that, that's that's really good. And it's experiences like that. I mean, that's why uh, it's important. I think that it's important that you realize when you when you walk this path a while, you start to uncover different strategies and realizations. You know, and one of them is being because I've had that same sort of thing happen in a different context. But basically, I was hungry. And then I got distracted with something, and then the, the craving passed. You know, you want to understand your craving is like an upside-down you. You know, it, the craving when it's going up feels like it's just going to keep getting worse and worse and worse and worse. It doesn't. It, it, it tops out, and then it goes back down. So that's a really—I'm I'm glad you got to experience that yesterday. So now you have to remind yourself of that, right? Remember that. Um, that is insane about the ice cream and the food. Scientists get paid big money. Yeah. Oh, they get huge money. I mean, again, you, you just, none of us would intuitively think this, but like, I forget, I'm, I'm blanking on the numbers now, but I'll just give you a, a, a sense. Talk about big money. Um, Frito-Lay has a giant campus down in Texas and I, I forget the size of it now, but it's huge. And anyways, one of the things they have, just to kind of prove the point in a, in a funny way, is they have a $40,000 machine. It's a big mouth and they, they use it to figure out the perfect pounds per square inch that's the most addictive. And so, you know what I mean? Like it's, you see what I mean? Like what, what you're up against, it's just, it's blow you away. But again, I, I want, this is an important point. This is why I say watch the insider because this, what happened with cigarettes is almost equivalent to what's going on with the food. But with the food, we just can't see it yet. To, to point, let me put it, make it crystal clear. In 20 years, there will be warnings on food, on food. There will be like warning labels like we have on cigarettes. There will be warning labels on food. Okay, so it's up to you whether you're going to wait for the warning labels to come out or whether you're going to do it now. That's up to you. But but that's what we're talking about. Um, Artif five says insomnia, eating, especially when I haven't slept well. Yeah, sleep's a huge trigger for eating. Again, so when I talk about lifestyle habits, right, the eight of them, I always start with with sleep because it's the most important one that's affecting your weight. And if you get your sleeping right, that's a huge step towards getting your weight under control. You know, so yeah. Um, Absolutely. Love what you're doing. Thank you so much. Well, thanks for saying that. Appreciate you. Uh, that's why I do it. That's why I do it. 
Yes, avoiding chores and eat instead. Yeah, exactly. So again, once we understand, this is why I say awareness precedes change. We can't just change things. That's what dieters want to do. I want to change it. I'm just change it. No, you got to seek to understand it first. So then you can come up with specific strategic solutions. And once you come up with a (laughs) specific strategic solution, um, it lasts. You know what I mean? Like willpower doesn't last. And so you want to be more, more elegant. You want to have elegant solutions that you come up with as opposed to just trying to force yourself to do something. So hope that helps. Um, heart wires, how to get over heartbreak with weight loss. Oh, geez. Well, you know, I, I don't think, I don't know. That's not the way I would want to go after weight loss. Uh, you know, is yeah, I would want to go after the heartbreak more genuinely than, than losing weight. Um, but I got to get out of here, so I can't talk about that too much. So, all right, thank you, everyone. Um, if you haven't yet, you go to go to my bio, click the link, get the hypnosis session. It's free. Uh, get the watch the training I give you. It's free. Read the emails I send you. They're free and they're really good, and um, it'll help you. I promise you. Okay, if you're really serious, get the program, and we'll work together. Uh, coaching calls every Tuesday and Thursday. Um, the programs kick ass. And uh, if you like the podcast, you like listen to podcasts. Astrid, I didn't see you there. I'll see you there today. Yeah, right. It's an earlier one, so you can be there. Um, but if, uh, yeah, if you like listening to this, uh, the podcast, Program Yourself Then, it's on all the podcast platforms. Check it out. Listen to it. If you like it, leave me a little review. Leave me a little review, a little four, four or five star review. Um, and type a little, man, this, this guy's amazing. Holy shit. This guy, unbelievable. What he's saying <laughs> that all helps me out. Sorry, everyone. Have a super day, and we'll talk soon. Bye.